President Biden marches out in Philadelphia and lectures you on why you don't care about the Constitution amid a very weird, scary, Emperor Palpatine-like backdrop. And the elites in South Carolina have a problem with you praying in the House chamber. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. That's right, the elites have problems with you praying in the people's house, but we'll get to that in just a second. Welcome into the Friday edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall here solo today on a Friday, but a lot to get to. The President of the United States made an appearance last night at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Full disclosure, didn't watch it live, didn't really want to, but watch the replay, and we're going to go into what exactly the president said, and I want to begin with the optics of it. If you didn't watch the speech, the president walks out. Now, the building is blue-lighted, red-lighted, white-lighted, right? It looks like American flag. The problem is where he's set up, it's red behind him, and it's really dark. And we were told by the White House press corps, by his staff, that this would be a speech of unity that it would be one where uh, he would bring the country together, something he promised to do in 2020. That's really, I think, why he won, and he hasn't yet, and so he's blaming you, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the backdrop here, I'm looking at it on, on my screen. Uh, red on either side, he's flanked behind him by two, Marine, um, by two Marines. I'm never a fan of using the military for political posturing, regardless of whether you're a Republican or Democrat. I've never been a fan of it. Um, this just seems really weird to me. So that's the backdrop. Now, as the speech goes, if you go back and watch it on different networks or if you go on YouTube and watch it, it, it changes because they actually brighten it up as the speech goes. They realize the optics of this are really, really bad. So they lighten up the backdrop where the flag is uh, to make it brighter. But CNN also, there's footage of them trying to lighten up to where the red becomes more purple, and it actually turns the stripes on the flag pink, which is really interesting. But we're going to get into what the president was talking about. The president was talking about restoring the soul of the nation. If that sounds familiar, it's because it is. It's what he ran on in 2020. He also um, talks about unity, but in this attempt to unify the country and restore the soul of the nation, he castigates half the country. We're going to start with what he says, why he says we're under attack. This begins at about the two-minute mark, so we're going to play this clip. This is what the president has to say about the country being under assault. For more than two centuries, America has been a beacon to the world. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. Equality and democracy are under assault. So again, this phrasing that he uses, equality and democracy are under assault, one, they don't make much sense. Um, number two, do we want to talk about the equality and the Constitution and democracy being under assault, Mr. President? And we want to talk about the country being under assault? I'll be, I'll be glad to do that. Um, five hundred billion dollars in spending uh, to remove student loan debt just because of a political promise. 
you're centralizing power in the federal government to um, go after taxpayers by, with 87,000 more IRS agents. You're also centralizing power in your education department to supersede the rights of parents. Oh, oh, and what about the thousands left in Afghanistan to 7th century goat herding barbarians that literally overtook the country as we pulled out with our tail between our legs? I'm sorry, is that restoring democracy? Is that restoring unity? Is that restoring pride in the American dream? And what are we talking about here? The president's been in power for how long now? Almost two years? The problems that he's mentioning are not problems from someone else. The, the reason his approval rating is in the 30s, which is drastically underwater, the reason that Democrats feel they're going to lose in November is because of his policies. American, the American people see these policies for what they really are, ruining their lives, specifically economically. He does mention later in the speech that the American economy is booming, which is a joke. It's Orwellian is what it is. I'm going to tell you what I want you to hear, and you're going to believe it, so help me God, right? We move forward. He hasn't really talked about MAGA crowd yet, but he mentioned the MAGA crowd about 11 times, specifically, in the first, oh, roughly 10 or 12 minutes of his speech. Here is what the president had to say next. But first... We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. So here we go. Now he's painting the picture of the MAGA crowd. Which, again, I'm not here to determine uh, what you, how you feel about the former president. Not talking about that. We're talking about this president. And how, what I really feel like, if, if you're going, okay, well, I'm not a MAGA Republican, so he's not really talking about me. I'm more of a mainstream Republican. I'm more of a mainstream conservative. I'm not really tied to one candidate or the other. He's still talking about you. We'll get to that in a second. I, I'm writing this down as we go. That MAGA forces uh, show MAGA forces. Notice he uses the term forces. Really strange choice of words there, but he make he, he's beginning to make some sense as to why he's saying these things. MAGA Republicans don't respect the rule of law, don't respect the Constitution, don't respect free and fair of elections. Excuse me. May I ask a question? How many Democrats went to the floor in the 2016 certification of the election? and moved that the results not be certified in the election of Donald Trump as president. And for how many years after the 2016 election did we hear the word Russia on cable news? So don't, don't, don't waltz out in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia and lecture me on how I need to respect free and fair elections. 
Don't lecture me on how I need to respect the Constitution. Don't lecture me on how I need to respect the rule of law. Do we need to go back to the summer of 2020? Rioting in the streets across the country, including here in Columbia. You've got liberal DAs now who will just let people walk for whatever reason they want, releasing criminals back onto the street. Senate candidate John Fetterman has already said that his greatest achievement is the number of pardons he's done as lieutenant governor of the state of Pennsylvania, and that's why he should be senator. You want to talk about not respecting the rule of law? You want to talk about not respecting the Constitution? It, it, it amazes me when you listen to this speech. It's the typical projection. Everything that I am, I place onto you. And the worst of me is what I think of you. That's what the president's doing here thus far. He continued these attacks. He, he continued them. And he goes into one piece as I pull it up here. Listen to the president as he talks a little bit more about MAGA Republicans. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. And by together we can choose a different path, I mean you have to vote for me. If you don't vote for me, you're an extremist. It's the language he's used quite a bit over the last couple of days. He did a speech in Pennsylvania just a couple of days ago as he's campaigning for, for Tom Wolfe and Josh Shapiro and John Fetterman. The fact that people who want to keep and bear arms believe they're fighting against a tyrannical government. Their need to do that, to fight against a tyrannical government, I should say. And then he makes the joke, as he always does, uh, if you want to fight against the, the, the government, you're going to need... You're going to need an F-15. You're going to need a lot more than a gun. Interesting, Mr. President. Let's go back to January 6th, shall we? Not here to litigate whether it was right or wrong. Don't believe you should storm a Capitol where you're not allowed. Was that an insurrection? Because as far as I know, not a single one of those people had a gun. But you're saying it takes more to take down the government than just a gun. But the people on January 6th almost took down the government without a gun. Do you see, what, you see the problem? Do you see where the synapses aren't quite firing in the head of our esteemed 46th president of the United States? You see where we're going to have a problem here, a disconnect? Something's a little off. Something's a little confusing. And really quick, Republicans are obsessing about the past? He spent almost 30 minutes last night in the middle of the first night of college football, full-fledged, by the way, Relitigating the 2020 election, relitigating January 6th. We've spent months and months and months and months and months hearing about those events. We spent months and months and months after the 2016 election hearing about Russia, 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 Russia. 
Russian collusion, Russian collusion, Russian collusion, steel dossier, Russian collusion, basket of deplorables, Russian collusion. So, says something about the past. But we need to move forward, Joe Biden says. And he uses this in juxtaposition of what he says earlier. We don't have the clip for you, but I can read it here because I was taking some notes. MAGA forces and their extremism want to take the country backward without taking us back to a time where there was no right to choose, meaning you can't kill your kid. Uh, No right to privacy, meaning you can't kill your kid, have an abortion. Um, No right to contraception. Again, let me just really quick, for the guy who's lecturing me on the Constitution, nowhere in the Constitution do you have the right to contraception. That is not a constitutional right. I would argue it's a privilege in the United States of America, but it is not a constitutional right, and you can't find it. Just like there's not a constitutional right to an abortion, but he would tell you the extremist justices on the Supreme Court are the ones who who wrote that. He talks about MAGA forces want to go back on marriage. here's Here's where the line's drawn, folks. Remember when I said earlier that you, you might think, well, I'm not a MAGA Republican. I'm, he's not talking about me, Justin. He's, he's talking about the extremers. No, he's not. He lists it right there. Do you believe in the right to life? Do you believe in the proper order of marriage? Oh, if you do, then you're an extremist. Do you believe that, that this right to privacy covers the ability to have an abortion? Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you're an extremist. That's what the president would have you to know. This was, for all intents and purposes, one of the more darker speeches I've ever heard come from the office of the president of the United States. And we didn't have this podcast during the previous administration, but those who are around me would tell you I was very quick to term any speech by 45 the same way. The fact that this speech, which castigates half of the American citizenry, is coming from behind the seal of the President of the United States is vile. You cannot come out and claim unity and preach unity and want to unify the country and restore the soul of the nation like that's your job. And then castigate half of the country simply because they don't agree with you on your policies. That's the reason. They just don't agree with you on your policies. They don't agree with your extremist views on abortion and homosexuality and the transgender movement where you are fully okay with children being mutilated in the name of gender-affirming care. If you don't agree with that, you're an extremist. And that's ridiculous. The President of the United States spent 26 and a half 27 minutes to riff on half of the country. Think about that for a second. 27 minutes to riff on half of the country that he represents, that he was duly elected to serve. But get in this camp, folks. Because the uh, look of that speech last night told me either get with me or get stalked by me. Pick. Unity 
to this president and to the liberals in our country today, unity means believe what I believe or I'll club you into submission. And the fascism, the fascist talk that we've been hearing, Republicans are fascists. Fascism was a move to a more centralized form of government. I'll leave that alone for now. But Independence Hall in Philadelphia is not the only place where the elites felt need to um, make their views known. It's even happening here in South Carolina. If you recall, earlier this week, we met at 4 o'clock inside of the State House to pray inside of the House of Representatives for the upcoming vote on House Bill 5399 that did pass the very next day. We did this back in January. We prayed in both chambers, both the Senate and the House. Didn't hear a peep from anyone. But now we hear peeps. Oh boy, did we hear peeps. It's interesting to me that folks have a problem. Now, again, on a normal nine to five day, you are not allowed onto the House floor. You're just not. It's against decorum, it's against code, they don't allow it. However, if you have sitting representatives with you, they have the ability to open up the floor and allow you onto the floor. They have that ability. It's within their power as legislators. So, for the sake of the conversation, Democrats could do the same. If they wanted to come in and pray, they could. But we did, on Monday, nearly 100 people showed up to pray, not only for an outcome, not only that, that lives would be saved by doing everything we can to stop the evil of abortion in our state, not only that, but we prayed for the very people who are making these decisions, the very people who sit in that chamber and who will take that well to to have a discourse and to have a debate. We prayed for them. Prayed for each and every one of them. Because they matter. But apparently that didn't sit well. Here's a tweet from um, I believe this was Tuesday morning. Our scripture reading today is from Matthew 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. I really love when people use scripture to fit their own political views. Ah, it makes me so proud. Because that's exactly what the holy scriptures are for, right? When Jesus was talking about this, he was talking to the religious rulers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees of the day, who would pray openly in the synagogue, in the temple. He would, they would pray openly boisterously and they found their they they thought their salvation was in that they thought their relationship with god was solely resting on that that's why he said that no go into your closet and pray because jesus was making the point that your salvation is not found in being loud and boisterous before men your salvation is found in humbling yourself before your maker. But, also this too, I guess. I guess this is what Christ was talking about uh, during that time, which 
sure, go for it. My favorite, this is from the same account, from the prayer in the chambers, you see this on your screen, a little vestige of church, of separation of church and state would be nice. Now, I couldn't help myself. I, I had to comment um, because this, this person, if any of you can find the separation of church and state in the Constitution, I'll write a check. I really will. It's not there. The separation of church and state was a letter from Thomas Jefferson written to the Danbury Baptist, Dansbury Baptist, well, where he said that the state should not intrude on the church. Many believe that Thomas Jefferson was a deist. But he understood that the church should have room to maneuver within the public conversation, within everyday life. So this vestige of church and state, it's a joke. It's a joke. For the better part of our history, the United States has been moved, ebbed, flowed, and formed by our reliance on religion, our reliance on church, churches, communities, how schools were built, how schools were run until really after the Civil War. This vestige of church and state kills me. It just kills me. My favorite is from the day of the debate, maybe the reading. Yep, the day of the debate. Here it is on your screen. Ah, free will means pro-choice. Now, again, I think the inside baseball here is not all Christians believe that we have total free will. Not, not the point. The point is, we like separation of church and state. Here's the dichotomy. We like separation of church and state until we feel the need to use it church, that is. We have a young man, a gentleman here, dressed as Christ, well done on the hair, the beard, looks good. He's wearing a mask. I find that interesting. I don't, I don't really know what that means. Um, he's holding his sign, free will means pro-choice. Yes, you have the choice to either murder or not murder your child. That's true. You have the choice. Choice is wrong. I don't even know what other way to put it. The simple fact is, whether you're in Washington, whether you're in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, whether you're here in Columbia, South Carolina, apparently, the elitists are really ramping this thing up. We are close to November. What a wonderful campaign speech that was by President Biden, huh? Great speech. Gives his definition of MAGA Republicans. Too much of what's happening now is not normal, folks. It's not normal. It's not normal. Give me a break. Have you watched what's happened in the last year? A lot of what's happening is not normal. And I don't think it's Republicans' fault. The Senate returns to their work on Tuesday, September the 6th, the day after Labor Day. They'll begin to take up, they will take up House Bill 5399 as it was passed in the House in the Senate Medical Affairs Committee on Tuesday. We'll be sending out more information about that in the coming hours and days. If you want to make sure you're involved in what's going on and in the know about what's going on here at Palmetto Family and across the state, you can do that. Go to www.palmettofamily.org. There you can sign up for our mailing list. Make sure to download the Palmetto Family Council app. That's the best way to stay connected with everything going on here in South 
Carolina. And again, we thank you so much for watching the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Share this with your friends. Let them know what's going on in the state of South Carolina because what we're trying to do is shape the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview. Here's what is happening. Here's why it matters. Here's what the Bible says about it. And here's what you can do about it. That's the four-pronged approach we take here. And we hope you are taking that approach into your digestion of the news each and every day. For Kevin Caiello, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson, our entire team here at Palmetto Family, thank you so much for watching this edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.